This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hey, Stiller Nation, it's Robert Golden, and you are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, and joining me today, Jordan DeFiggio. Jordan, how you been? I've been pretty good, you know, I think as good as anybody can be given the the circumstances of this year but good yeah how have you been I've been pretty good I'm still working on my no shave November beard you commented on a little bit earlier it's just coming yeah. in uh nicely but I'm getting ready to trim this thing up a hair <laughs> once yeah, we get here it looks the end good of <laughs> oh, yeah cheers. understandable cheers and uh let's look over here quickly to our title sponsors here at Total Sports Entertainment because everybody that knows on Steeler Nation Total Sports Entertainment every week gives away something for free when all you have to do is just retweet what you see on the screen. So I will bring this up now. And I don't know why. Oh, yeah, here we go. And today, for this week, all you have to do is jump on their Twitter page, at Total Sports ENT, and retweet the post, which is a free signed 16 by 20 of James Harrison. And of course, he's coming up here behind. It looks like Joe Flacco to take him down from behind. So that is the free Thanksgiving present. Support our sponsors there. Of course, they get some great, great, uh, when you subscribe to them on Twitter, like during the game, every quarter, they've got a new promotion that they came out. One of them was like a $65 to it jersey, signed to it color rush jersey during the last game in one of the quarters. One was a Mika Fitzpatrick jersey. So guys, Make sure you're following Total Sports Entertainment on definitely on Twitter for the for the quick stuff, but you can also check out their page at www.tseshop.com. And we have a lot of breaking news to go over, Steeler Nation. We've got the first thing that just popped up, Heinz Ward and Alan Fanica just named Hall of Fame finalists for the 2021 season. How do you feel about that one, Jordan? For Alan Fanica, it's a it's about time that he gets into the Hall of Fame. I don't know why he's still fighting for for his time, but yeah, I th- I think they're both totally worthy yeah. worthy inductees. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully they get a little bit more play this year. I mean, Alan Fanica is one of the top rated guards in history. And he just keeps getting pushed down and pushed down. I mean, I understand that Heinz Ward does not have the stats that 
a lot of these big receivers are getting here to get into the Hall of Fame. But the intangibles and changing the game should be the big things that get Heinz Ward in, plus having a Super Bowl MVP and being my all-time favorite receiver that I've ever seen play for us. I mean, it's pretty difficult in a running offense to still manage over 1,000 catches and yeah. 10,000 yards. He was always so rock solid for the Steelers. And I think his consistency was what made him such a, a threat, even yeah. though he didn't yeah. have the, you know, the superstar level ability that some people would, they wouldn't necessarily categorize him in the same classification as probably Antonio Brown, yeah. but he, he was always so good and consistent and was such a well-rounded player as well. Just his ability to, to fight for extra yards and block. He was such a good yeah. blocking receiver. Unbelievable. So yes, I'm, I'm thrilled for him. Me too. So hopefully these guys can make it to the finals this year. Please, please, guys, vote, vote in Fanica, definitely. And Ward should get some serious consideration as well because he is an mm -hmm. all-around football player, could play in any generation. The guy who yeah. was just and an ultimate team player as well. Love the guy as a team player. And a couple more uh, Steeler roster moves that just occurred. Uh, Zach Gentry was just put on injured reserve. He was the tight end, the third tight end on the team. The Steelers, as a transitional move, ended up promoting Kevin Rader from the practice squad. And they also activated Vance McDonald from the COVID relief, uh, reserve list. So that's good health-wise for them because they were mm -hmm. only down to one healthy tight end, and now they have three on the roster. So congratulations to them. A smaller move, they activated uh, or they signed linebacker long snapper Christian Kuntz to the practice squad, who Steeler fans know him from prior uh, preseasons and training camps. It's good stuff. It's always good when you see guys come back, especially with the just the bizarre nature of this year with yeah. – the the new COVID reserve list yeah. having that and honestly Eric Ebron has been playing stellar yes, for, for the Steelers and he but it, it does help to have you know a, another capable starting tight end on the roster yes. at your disposal yes it does and Steelers have always been trying to find that tight end in free agency that would work for them Looks like Eric Ebron is finally the time where they get, went mm -hmm. out and got the guy that's showing dividends in his first year. So kudos, good move, Kevin Colbert. And also now, Jordan, we are 10-0 and and three games up on Cincinnati with a game in hand. So how oh, does it feel goodness. to be in Steeler Nation right now? <laughs> it feels like a dream, honestly. Looking yeah. back at where we were last year compared to this year, I – it was so bleak and even in the moments where it felt like maybe we could fight for a wild card spot. Yeah. I think everybody knew we were just out. There was no chance that we were going to make an actual push with the roster that we had with all those injuries and everything that we were up against, but still made I a decent never, push. <laughs> oh yeah, it was, yeah. it was, but I never ever anticipated yeah. Even with Ben coming back, us yeah. starting the season 10-0. and 0. Me neither. What? <laughs> As a uh, like, fan, unbelievable. You don't, you don't get out of September without a loss. It's just yeah. Steelers start slow and strong. It's just the way yep. it's always been. November, December records for Tomlin are off the charts. So this is mm -hmm. really, really interesting uh, locations we're getting into now. It's kind of uncharted territory. But yeah. what a nice game to sit back and relax last week watching Jacksonville. I mean, Ben just basically 
took his time, nearly 70% passing. He was 69.5%, okay. 267 yards, two touchdowns, and, of course, that one interception that he had late in the half trying to force yeah. another touchdown there at the end to get some extra points before the half, which, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but this is the second game where we've had an extra possession really, really late in the half. Mm-hmm. Both times we were in field goal range. Both times we got interceptions when I wish that they just would have just gone out and kicked the field goals. I think the other one was in um, the Cowboys game was the last time it happened too. So, but uh, you know, Ben's taking his shots and he took some chances. He did. And that's part of what you get whenever he's playing. Yeah. And I personally, I, and maybe it is just because I keep comparing everything to last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was, really glad that they went out and tried to make a push late in the half because last season they would have just sent sent everybody out and taken a couple couple plays to just kneel the ball and then run off to the locker room so I I think that if if they could have scored touchdowns that would have been awesome it was just those two ill-advised throws I think he was trying to force it and again that's just kind of what you get with Ben sometimes (laughs) sometimes he he and it it can pay off because nobody releases nobody has a quicker release than he does in the whole league so his he's not getting sacked he's not really feeling the pressure because he's getting the ball away so quickly and the fact that he only has, what, now five interceptions on the year? On the season, yeah. Two yeah. were those late at the end of half. Mm-hmm. Two were tip balls. That's a way <laughs> – you know, tip balls happen. Tip ball yeah. interceptions and happen. It's, they it's do. good defensive coaching. But, you know, only one yeah. real legit interception. So that's really good for that's what pretty good. putting together this year. And also, yeah. how interesting – you just mentioned it, Jordan. How great is it to say that Ben Roethlisberger has the fastest release in the league – when we've been talking about his early career holding on to the ball too long. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think he, he had the, the ability to move. He was way more mobile yeah. in his, in his, you know, earlier years of his yes. career. And he could make those plays where he could just shed people free and he had more speed, but in the, in the very limited opportunities we've had to see him kind of scramble and, sort of run to make plays he just he looks slow he's a he's a big dude yeah. and he's pushing 40 and he's been playing banged up yeah basically his whole career so yeah. he I think he knows that about himself too so he he can't hold on to the ball as long as he used to and as long as he may want to yeah. because he, there's he has way less of a chance now this late in his career to to evade those tack tacklers and mm-hmm. um defenders uh, yeah it's but it's interesting it's interesting and only five interceptions that's not bad yeah, there's a insane there's a quarterback in tampa i think <sighs> who has nine um who's, so. who's still ahead of ben in the mvp voting but i'm sure we'll get to yeah. that a little bit later here in the yeah. show <laughs> but when we're talking at least I want to give kudos and a big shout out to the offensive line. This is Mm -hmm. the first time in Steelers history. The Steelers have gone three straight games without allowing a sack. So that's real, very impactful. 11 times they've had two games in a row where they didn't let up a sack. 
but now they've got three games in a row. The last time they let up a sack was against the Ravens four weeks ago. Wow. Now going back into playing the Ravens again. I mean, Ravens got mm-hmm. a good pass rush. They've got a good defense. Got a stout run D. You know, sacks might happen again, but kudos to that offensive line who's taking it hard for their run blocking in previous weeks. But I think that the run blocking is actually improving, mm-hmm. especially from the last game. There were four instances of third and ones and one was a fourth and one where they converted the first three that they had to do with James Conner. He ended up with 89 yards um, total, which is over twice the amount we've had rushing in the previous three games. We were around four yards in these previous three games. So kudos to uh, at least James to getting those um, those tough yards. I mean, I I saw a couple times Mm -hmm. there was like three, four guys in the backfield. He'd spin off of a few and then, go on down and keep going first. Uh, If anybody has the names on Twitter, thank you for letting me know. Yeah, I know we're checking that out. And you can check this out too, Jordan, while we're talking. Um, Ravens are supposed to have some more positive tests. If you see it come across the wire on Twitter, let us know in real time. We're going to get to that right after talking about this game anyway and talk about the the, the stuff. But as soon as it comes in, we'll we'll be talking about that too. Thanks, Twitter, for reaching out to Steeler Nation. But still, I at least like them seeing getting conversions that they were not getting mm-hmm. in these previous three weeks on the fourth and short, third and shorts. Uh, and the goal line situation there with Snell with a tough touchdown where nobody blocked. And he basically yeah. went from two guys to get a touchdown. So kudos to Snell on that big run. So sometimes it's blocking. Sometimes it's the – I don't think it's the performance of our running backs. Um, no. I think the blocking is starting to improve. Mm-hmm. As Mike Tomlin says, it's a process. But it's it looks like it's starting to – trend in the correct direction for Steeler fans entering the cold months of the year. Yeah, I think a lot of it also has to do with the way that each running back is being utilized. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I'm going to try to be diplomatic in how I say it. It's okay. it so we have an offensive coordinator who sometimes uh neglects to to call plays based on the strengths Mm -hmm. of his players and somehow seems to gravitate towards really highlighting their weaknesses like having James Conner always try to bounce to the outside that's not really the way that he works he he's really good at pounding it up the middle Mm -hmm. uh, and making guys miss Mm -hmm. and I think the games that we've seen him really find his groove and lock in are the games where he is having those plays that are called to, to work towards his strengths. And, and I think that we saw more of that on Sunday against Jacksonville and Jacksonville's defense is spotty to say the least. And Yeah, the, but, the but so were the previous line, three teams that we faced, yeah, except for Baltimore. But the previous two, mm-hmm. you know, we thought we'd be able to get some rushing yards against Cincinnati and, and the Cowboys, and just did not. But like you're saying, yeah. at least that they were able to turn a corner. And even with them, you know, blitzing the gaps, we had we had some success at least, nearly 100 yards rushing compared to the 40 yards, yeah. under 40 yards for the previous three games, which is a a franchise record low for a three game uh, streak for Steelers. So. Starting to turn it around. I mean, Mm -hmm. the passing game, though, there's no problem in the passing game, Jordan. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about, like, we're getting to the point now where I'm starting to talk with people on Steeler Nation and talking to fans and everybody, and they're like, Stryker, what's wrong with this running game? I'm like, 
guys, what is amazing about this passing game? Because yeah, usually when teams make you one-dimensional, as we talked about the previous three games, you're down under 40 yards rushing in those three games. Mm-hmm. Steelers, which, may, which makes a team one-dimensional, you have to pass. And we got yep. a team like the Ravens that have a pass rush. Um, Dallas has a good pass rush. Mm-hmm. And these teams still couldn't get to Ben and put him on the ground. I mean, Ravens did put him on the ground once, but – and the Cincinnati didn't put them on the ground, and, and even though they got them one dimensional, but it just comes down to Ben is making plays that he makes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Jim Kelly esque for the K gun. This is Warren Moon esque for the run and shoot. Except now we have wide receivers that are built for this short passing game. Yeah. Then during the K gun and the run and shoot, they kind of had to figure out and make this offense. I mean, it was, it was mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of a pro style or a college style offense, run and shoot and get the ball out quickly, but. College has made it so these receivers, they're hitting these plays now, those quick plays and all through college. They're coming in more ready to play in the pro. Like, as we've seen over history, running backs are always ready to come in and almost seem like it's seamless. They're used to touching the ball all the time. They generally have the easiest transition to pro, but now we're seeing the wide receivers starting to have this easy transition. And it's across the league now. We have a lot of rookie wide receivers that are doing well. Claypool's looking fantastic, and he's improving each week. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is just such a great, great situation to be in. And, and for me, it's, yeah, it'd be nice to help the running game get better. But if it's not, I mean, we do this one thing better than any other team mm-hmm. in the league, and that is score points. We are number two in the AFC at scoring points, only behind Kansas City. So, of course, yeah. <laughs> and the Kansas City didn't have a run game last year when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that's something that the Steelers have to have anymore, not like all these announcers on TV are saying the Steelers have to run the football. You've got it. You can't, you've got to run the ball to win in, in December and November. And I hear you old guys, because that's <laughs> the way I used to hear you back in the seventies and eighties talking. But nowadays this is a new league. It's, it's made for mm-hmm. passing, you know, Tom Brady's shown you can, you can win championships and multiple championships without having a running game, basically at mm-hmm. all, with short pass attack. And Ben is, is, you know, setting the mold and, and starting to show what he can do it here for the Steelers. Yeah, it it really is just kind of – I feel like people say that for the sake of saying it. You need a run game. Well, yeah. why? why? If, yeah. it, if they've found what's working for them, obviously it wouldn't be nice for them mm-hmm. to establish a really solid run game. Yeah, that would be great because then the pressure wouldn't always be on Ben and the receivers yeah. to to be the ones making plays. but nobody marches down the field better than Ben. Yeah. He he is. Yeah. He's an excellent field general. He's an excellent play caller and he's really good about controlling the game and the momentum. And I, I don't see, honestly, like Mike Tomlin has said, there's the only thing that's perfect about the team is the record. So it's not like they don't have areas where they can really improve. Yeah. But are they winning? Okay. Yeah, they're winning. So that's, that's what matters. They're finding ways to win and throwing it back to last year yet again, Mm -hmm. they did not find ways to win in games that they should have won. And Mm -hmm. they did not find ways to win in games where they held momentum for most of the time and there was a swing and then they just completely collapsed. So I, I try to 
I'm a Steelers fan, so I will always find something to be nitpicky about because <laughs> that's just how we are. Yeah. But I try, I'm trying to complain as little as possible this year and just enjoy yeah. the ride of being 10 and 0. Cause it's the closest thing that ride. we have in my lifetime to this is Ben's rookie season yes. when we went 15 and one. Yep. And then we, the playoffs happen, but yeah. Like this just feels like a special <laughs> team. Yeah. <laughs> worst. Yeah. But yeah, our receivers are impressive. Yes. Impressive. And and talking about impressive receivers, Deontay Johnson hit a career game high for 12 receptions, a second game in a row with hundred yards. He had 111 and then talk about the distribution of the football. Four mm. passes to Chase Claypool, four passes to Eric Ebron, four passes to McLeod, four passes to Juju. I mean, Ben mm-hmm. is getting that ball to everyone. And kudos to Chase again, man. Ten touchdowns in ten games. Unreal. He's only one behind the Steelers record for uh, Louis Lips and Franco Harris at wow. 11. So he can tie that. Possibly I'd love to see him pass it on Thanksgiving because that would make me the most thankful. But <laughs> what a great – I mean, but and then he still even have James Washington with a, with a big mm-hmm. catch on third down. It was a huge catch. James Conner, oh. three more catches out of the backfield. I mean, this is just a very diverse group of wide receivers and skill players mm-hmm. that can catch the football and each have their own specific talents that are just making this so difficult for other teams to defend against. Yeah, and you – you look at teams that have superstar wideouts, it's very clear who's getting the double coverage. And it's very clear who is going to be getting the, the primary amount of, of targets. So yeah. to, to have such a wide range of guys who are not only good at making catches, but making plays and fighting for yards after yeah. The, after the catch it's just it's unreal and you just never know because it, and it's changed game to game who yeah. has been the the recipient of the majority of targets and that really does more than make up for the fact that their run game has been lacking because yeah. that teams that were playing just they have no idea yeah. how to plan for it no, you're right. And Steelers now have scored 24 points in 10 straight games. That is a franchise record. 289 points all of last year for the offense. Steelers currently are sitting at 298 points with six <laughs> games left to play. So like we said, already oh. number, number two in the AFC, number five in the total NFL. That's just big stats for the offense that they need a little bit of kudos for. But let's look at the defense. We had eight passes defensed on defense that's the most passes defense that i've seen for our team since i've really been tracking us and doing the podcast here for the last three years so that was a huge number we had two sacks in the game dupree and to it uh seven sacks for to it is now his career high thank goodness for having a healthy to it i mean he is he is difference maker yeah yeah and but only three tfls tackles for losses this past game steelers have been averaging five to eight tfls a game and um Kudos to Jacksonville for having a new quarterback, but this is the problem when we're playing opposing offenses is they have to change their offenses. Mm-hmm. They, they don't do what they have, what they do well. They say, oh, well, we're, we're facing the Steelers. They've got the top pass rush in the league, so we've got to worry about getting this ball out quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's not what Jacksonville does. This is a young quarterback. 
trying to read defenses. He's trying to see the plays develop and hit the open person. He had no chance of doing that. I mean, he had a good drive the first drive, and even his second drive was really good until um, Tyson Alu-Alu got that great pass deflection and uh, knocked it straight up in the air from Minka Fitzpatrick. But, Beautiful. I mean, but what a, what a tough thing it is, especially, I mean, we know rookie quarterbacks, how good we are against rookie quarterbacks. But mm-hmm. any quarterback now, this is – we're going to see Lamar Jackson again. And their, their team's going to say like, okay, Lamar, you got to get the ball out in two seconds. That is not what Lamar Jackson does. <laughs> that does not play to his strength. So I'm praying. Not even a not little COVID. I want Lamar Jackson to play in this game and I want us to mm-hmm. beat him. And I want us to beat him badly because it's yeah. Mike Tomlin says the most beautiful, beautiful quote about Lamar Jackson. We respect Lamar Jackson, but we do not fear him. Mm-hmm. And that sends a statement to a young player who's known basically nothing but success until he got to see the Steelers the first time last year. And yeah. the Steelers kind of set that blueprint of, okay, we're going to shut down the run and force Lamar to beat us with his hand, with his, with his arm. And we almost beat him with Duck and, and Rudolph that <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so I know we didn't have the personnel in the second game to really match up as well, but it wasn't really Lamar. It was uh, RG3 in that second game. Mm-hmm. It was a much better passer. So that's why I'm hoping Lamar plays. I don't want RG3 to be a much more accurate passer in there. Yeah, I'd rather see Lamar struggle against this defense. I'm with you on that. I think, especially in the last handful of games, he has not looked – he hasn't looked impressive Yeah. in any sense. And no. he struggled against Tennessee this past week. And, yeah, when he's forced to throw the ball – he can't win games yes, and right. it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm really hopeful that he's in the game and that we can just really just <laughs> rip them apart yeah. on offense all game long. And just within these past three weeks, the Ravens had been perfect uh, when they were leading with 10 points with Lamar Jackson. They, have, they dropped a game against the Steelers where they were up by 10 at halftime, and now they just dropped a game to the Tennessee Titans where they were up by 10 at halftime. And that kind of fits to their style of play because mm-hmm. if you think about the way that the Ravens are built, they're built, number one, to stop the run, number two, to run and possess the football, so that helps shorten the game time. But if you're stopping the run and you're and at the end of the game and you've got a 10-point lead and you're forcing them to pass – with a good pass rush, normally you're going to get some pressure on the quarterback, mm-hmm. cause some mistakes, as we do on our team, and hopefully get some turnovers or at least a sack. But that aspect isn't happening now. I know they just picked up – oh, gosh, who was that big player, that the, the, their sack leader that they just – that they picked up? Is that Ngakwe? In, in yes. That, he had, he had Yannick, five yeah. sacks right before – they picked him up right before the Steelers game. He had five sacks on the season. And he, since that moment in these past four games with the Ravens, he's had one sack. So I don't know if it's the system that's changed mm. or teams are correctly, you know, kind of setting in Gakwe and be like, we just don't want you to beat us. So I mean, Clive Campbell coming back too is going to help them out a little bit yeah. as, as the pass rush. But, you know, this is just interesting territory to be in. <laughs> to be it really to is. Yeah, and uh, it really is. Just quickly going back to the Steeler ge- to the uh, the pass game this past week, mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to give the some props to the defense. You had one sack in sixty seven straight games. Now sixty nine is the record with Tampa Bay, and that was Tomlin was the defensive coordinator or not defensive coordinator, the defensive backs coach on that Tampa Bay mm-hmm. team. 
So he knows how to get after him and then play some good defense with some solid defense behind him. Uh, uh, the interesting thing, though, they threw up a graphic during the game, and they're like, but the Cowboys had 68 sacks in, eight, in, in, in 68 straight games. They had, they had a sack. And they put mm-hmm. the, the dates down from like 77 to 80. And I just, and I looked, I'm like, they didn't start t- keeping track of sacks. I didn't yeah. think until like 82. So <laughs> this is like really kind of a, an, an interesting, unless Dallas just kept their own stats and released Maybe, it to the rest yeah. of the league. Cause teams might've done that, but that just seems like mm-hmm. an, an interesting way for Jared Jones to get there up there and be able to be a, be able to say, Hey, remember when, when the Cowboys <laughs> were good? Back in the day, <laughs> how about them Cowboys? How about them? <laughs> Not anymore. How about them? Yeah, they, they yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So, uh, but great. I mean, the secondary. I gave my game ball last week to the secondary, and mm. my gosh, those safeties this week. You had Minka getting two interceptions, mm-hmm. and then you finally had Edmonds. I mean, you and yeah. I watched the games. We're watching this in depth. We know Edmonds is ha- having a great year. I mean, his first yeah. two games, he was kind of like the normal Edmonds that we saw previous years. Mm-hmm. He'd make some plays, wouldn't make some plays, but now he is solid. And that second interception they had where he reached up and batted it down yep. himself and brought it in, Jordan, that was just a gorgeous Jeez. Yeah. yeah, visions of Troy, honestly. Oh, yeah. But, well uh, said. <laughs> yeah, not, not that he's anywhere close to that level, but, you know, it was that type of play that you would see from Troy. And the type of play that you could reasonably expect from – a first round draft pick yeah. earlier than his, we drafted him in what, 2018? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is his third season. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, I've always been rooting for him. I've, Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to see him do well. And it's been frustrating to have him underperform in his Mm -hmm. first two seasons, but yeah, you're right. He, He started off a little bit slow, which like you said is the Steeler way. Yeah. But he really has been pretty pretty shut down in yeah. coverage and he's had a good read on the ball and where it is and where it's yep. going. And yeah, those interceptions, it they just felt like he the the culmination of him finally starting to find his groove yeah. in, in the league and as a part of the team. And it was awesome. And that yeah, you're right, that second that second interception unbelievable I know and now Jordan the Steelers are the number one scoring defense in all of the NFL and have the number one point differential so when you're number two in scoring in the AFC you're number one in scoring defense in the entire league Mm -hmm. your point differential is going to be big and it's 125 points and it is wow significantly larger than just about any other team Um, I think Kansas City is the only one that's even a little closer but they're still winning some close games as well and uh, so I need to know from you, Jordan, mm. game balls. Who, who gets your mm. game ball on offense? On offense, I'm going to have to go with Ben. Big because, Ben. Good yeah, call. he just – he's throwing so smart. And he's yeah. averaging, what, two to three touchdowns a game. Yes. Uh, unbelievable. Above, for, yeah, above yeah. his mind. yeah unreal and so few interceptions but ultimately we're talking about this game against Jacksonville and he as soon as it felt like he kind of took control of the game yeah that was from that point on Jacksonville didn't stand a chance and he yeah multiple touchdowns to 
to different receivers, the passes that he was throwing, like the specifically to, to Claypool, there was that one where he kind of threaded the defenders and got it oh, right yes. where only he could catch it. Yeah. And you could say the same thing with the James Washington throw, yes. that catch along the sidelines, and then that even drop the in the Deontay basket Johnson, right there. That was yeah. a gorgeous oh my throw. Gosh. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. He's, he's looking great. He looked great this past week. And if it, for as good as our receivers are and how much we talked about them, and rightly so, mm. saying their praises – that that receiving core I don't see them putting up that kind of production without Ben in that game and I I think he just he he was the the star of the show on offense for me yeah and I can't argue with that I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson since you took Ben with a career high for a game with 11 or 12 catches 111 yards I mean just a great game, and Ben is starting to rely on DJ kind of the way he used to rely on AB. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're not 100% on the same page yet, but, I mean, two games in a row with 100 yards, they're starting to get those tough down throws where he knows he's going to be open on his breaks. This guy runs yeah. patterns so beautifully, and he gets his foot positioning in the proper spots to get the opponent's momentum working against them and creates nice separation so Ben knows he can go to him. So. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. kudos to uh, DJ and Ben as well. So who is your defensive game ball then, Jordan? Well, it was obviously down to two to two people, Minka yep. and Terrell Edmonds. And I went with Terrell. Nice. Um, because he – you kind of at this point expect Minka to have games like that, but to have Edmonds go out there and, and really yeah. take – all of the wind out of their sails Definitely. multiple times. Yep. I just thought he played such an impressive game. And because he hasn't had a whole lot of splash plays like that, I felt like he was more deserving of my game ball because mm. he just, it, he finally did it. He did it. Yeah. And, and that he's in that one game, he had twice as many receptions than he had his entire career. He had one reception, one interception his rookie year. This game, he had two interceptions. So kudos to blowing up his mm-hmm. numbers there a bit. Right. So I will take the other safety this time. I'm going to go with Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm. Incredible game. He now has an NFL leading three red zone interceptions. Wow. So that is huge. He's, not only is he making plays at the right time, he also has two game ending passes defensed in the end zone so this guy is just shutting down the end zone yeah when teams are trying to score and there's nothing there's no bigger play than a team expecting points and getting nothing for it on a turnover inside of the red zone so kudos mm-hmm. to, to Fitzgerald and Edmonds I just loved seeing that game specifically uh on the injury front according to the press conference that uh Tomlin put out yesterday Juju Smith-Schuster looks like he's going to be practicing this week, so that's a good that's a good sign. Same thing with Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden hurt his knee in the game. Mm-hmm. He actually came back into the game before he was pulled midway through the fourth when they started pulling just about all of the starters. Unfortunately, Zach Gentry was the only person really injured last game, and he had that bad knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the people that missed the games previously, J. Rohn Elliott with an illness, Jalen Samuels with a quad, Trey Edmonds with a hamstring from the week before. I don't necessarily expect any of those three playing this week. If they do, that's fantastic. Well, Jay Rohn probably, because he's probably back from his illness. They'd know mm-hmm. by now if it was COVID or not. So I yeah. expect him to be practicing today. Uh, but 
getting some some COVID news, I guess, pretty much just the coronavirus strategy in general. I think the Steelers now have learned from their one mistake on the COVID front, Jordan, and that was back – they kind of learned it when Humphreys got his mm. – his test back when they were going to play their game, he had an illness going into that game. And then Steelers got kind of screwed because everybody had to check out and make sure that they were good the next week. And then from that moment on, the Steelers went into the highest protocol for COVID. So they yeah. only did walkthroughs and practices together with masks on any other time, any team meetings, any, any strategy, it's all via virtual. So that's smart to keep them out of the building mm-hmm. as much as possible. They're only together when it's outdoors really cuts down on contact tracing. And then after that, that next week, I think they had, that was when Vance McDonald's was, had an illness and they let him play in the game, yeah. but then he ended up being up COVID positive. And that week we had like five guys. I remember like Ben and Jalen Samuels and Vince Williams, Gerald Hawkins were all thrown on the five day. Mm-hmm. And, and from that moment on the Steelers say, okay, if you get an illness, even if you're negative, we're not going to play you because we can't, we can't have a problem like that again, especially yeah. if you're talking about this being Thanksgiving in a short week. Tomlin mm-hmm. and the staff know, hey, if we got a, a, any contact tracing this week, they missed the game. The game is out because yeah. it's five days for the contract tack trace and you have four days till, uh, or three days until uh, Thanksgiving. So you're kind of screwed in that respect. So, you know, Anthony McFarland had an illness two weeks ago. They held him out preventatively for that game. Uh, then this past week, then we had J. Ron Elliott with an illness and they held him mm-hmm. out preventatively. And that helps just to limit that aspect. Whereas the Ravens, they had um, uh, Trace McSorley. He had an illness last week and they kind of let him practice a little bit. And I think he's probably patient zero for this mm. week, which is why they're screwed with three yeah. guys currently on the COVID list. And that's, uh, they actually had two guys go on last week, Eamon Marshall, a cornerback and Trace McSorley replaced on the COVID list mm-hmm. last week, <clears throat> but now they've got running backs, Mark Ingram and JK Dobbins. They can't play at all. They're positive as well as uh, Brandon Williams, I believe was the contact trace, but do, have you heard any new news? Has anything come across the line on Twitter, uh, Steeler nation, anybody here for any, I personally contacts? haven't seen anything. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. The but. last thing the last thing that I heard was this, that the Ravens had five uh, players test positive, but I don't know if they were including McSorley and Marshall from the previous week because that okay. would put them at five for missing yeah. this upcoming game. I don't know if they have a new positive. We'll find out, I guess, a little bit later on today, mm-hmm. if not during this podcast, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take a look into it. But at least from a Steelers perspective, we know they're running backs. I mean, Gus the Bus Edwards, he's a strong runner. I mean, he had some big rippers in that game against us when he we did. just played him three weeks ago. So I think he could definitely handle the load. Justin Ellis is also another big player. He's going to be filling in at nose tackle, and Steeler fans know him as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, at least from the – I don't see COVID being a big excuse for, the, for the, their issues yeah. coming into this game. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know – for me, breakdown-wise, and I know like, we can get into this now, I think it's going to be tougher for the Ravens to run the ball now having Tyson Alu-Alu back because uh, mm-hmm. he, got, he got injured very early, like first or second series in that Ravens game. Yeah. Uh, and, and they just blew the doors off of us from that moment on. Um, not having Hilton hurt as well, having Hilton now back with, with Tyson, 
is making it much, much harder for teams to run on us. And we've been getting progressively better here the last two weeks with them working their way back into the, into the defense. Yeah. And forgive me if I'm misremembering, but I believe that this is the first game Avery Williamson will be playing against the Ravens with us because we acquired him around that time, but he wasn't really, he didn't really start to see a lot of increase in snaps until this past week. Um, yeah, I don't so think he played. He definitely didn't play in his first game, that first game against the Ravens. I don't remember if we picked him up the Saturday before the Ravens yeah. or the Saturday before the next game, but I know he didn't play. He was, he was active for the game, but he didn't get a snap. But these past couple games, he has gotten some snaps on defense. Mm-hmm. But you're right. This will be the first time that Avery Williamson will be facing the Ravens. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see him really shine. And mm-hmm. obviously Robert Spillane had a great, uh, opening drive play against <laughs> the Ravens. And yeah. I think, I think honestly, based on what we saw of Gus Edwards against the Steelers D that matchup, it just seemed like they weren't prepared for him to be rushing. So much. I don't know. It just yeah. felt like he, he stepped foot on the field and they were like, wait, what? And then <laughs> he just broke it off. Yeah. And so I think that, now they know who they're planning for. Not not to say that he won't have himself a big game, yeah. but having that trio of Ingram, yes. Dobbins, and Edwards was lethal. And that yes. was part of what gave us so much trouble. But now with just Gus Edwards carrying the load on the ground and then having Lamar, we we know what he can do and we know what his skill set is and what he brings to the table and we were able to to kind of bring him back down from his orbit above the earth and yeah (laughs) we made him we made him look we just highlighted his weaknesses and exactly and I think that He's he's coming out of a game in a short week where he had his confidence rocked yet again yep. against the Titans. Yep. And it's because it came down to him having to throw the ball. And yep. he, he doesn't do that well. And I don't well, I feel like we'll see one or one of two things. He's either gonna come out and light it up playing out of his mind or he's going to be so in his own head that he can't establish any type of pass game run mm-hmm. game for himself. And yeah, having Tyson Alu Alu back and uh, that just that front seven is yeah. a, a monster. It is. And I, I don't know. I, I feel a lot better about this game or mm-hmm. let me say less nervous yes. about this game than I did about Jacksonville. I really felt oh, like really? between the two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 thought it was I a trap game a, last week, Jordan. Not necessarily just uh, like based on the history that we have yeah. with Jacksonville and playing in Jacksonville and struggling against Jacksonville. They've always seemed to have our number a little bit. So going into that game, I, like if if our first loss of the season comes to Jacksonville, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> but I I feel like now having the, that tenth win under our belts and 
understanding, it's probably very unlikely that we're going to go undefeated and then win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, do I want to see them lose on Thanksgiving? No, I don't. But I I feel like it would be a more respectable loss, at least, to go down to the the struggling Ravens who are also coming off a loss. And yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to to see all all of those different matchups play out and it will and at least i'm at the at the point now too i was optimistic the last time we played the ravens because i felt that our strengths played to their strengths because we were really good at stopping the run really good at getting Mm -hmm. after the passer uh, at least defensively uh now i feel even better to tell you the truth because i think we're better at getting after the passer uh, the run defense is coming back now. Now with you know with Hilton and Alu Alu healthy, I, they're making the plays that they're making, and Edmonds too coming up and helping out in the uh, running game as well. Not just that. I mean, we we've, we've been highlighting his his game in the passing game here, mm. but he's been an, an integral part of the running game as well. Yeah. So coming into this matchup, yeah, kind of knocks him down a peg as well. Not having the athletic J.K. Dobbins and the athletic uh, Ingram, I think you know. Dobbins is more athletic, a little quicker. Yeah. Ingram's kind of got that fast and savvy veteran uh, mm-hmm. running back, but not having those two assets and only having Gus the bus, who is literally Ravens fans. Like they, they see him like Jerome Bettis. Like he's our Jerome Bettis. It's like, yeah, he's not your Jerome Bettis, but I understand what you're saying. He's yeah. Jerome Bettis-esque. <laughs> he's really tough. He runs. He'll carry people. He's right. kind of tough to bring down kind of like Henry, but not as athletic as Henry, uh, not as fast as Henry. So you know, yeah. yeah, it's going to take two guys to bring him down, but we're going to have two guys on him every time he hits the line of scrimmage, if not in the backfield, yeah. the way that they're going to be hitting these gaps, I think, in this upcoming yeah. game. So, you know, there's just nobody to, that really scares me on their offense mm-hmm. entering this game. You know, no, Lamar Jackson included. Uh, just because he has shown that when he has to make plays, when he without being able to rely on the running game to help him out with his yeah. throws – He's yeah. just starting to show that he can be exposed in these situations mm-hmm. and really cannot carry a team to victory, unfortunately. And it's, you know, he's still young in his career, hopefully he turns it around. But as an older Steeler fan, I, this looks a lot to me like Cordell Stewart back when they were mm. trying to make him a pocket passer. I mean, yeah. he's up there his first year in there. He's running everywhere. He's making plays down the field. Yeah, he's throwing a couple interceptions, but he's – He's able to turn it around and usually overcome most of those negative plays. And then I think it was Chan Gailey that came in and tried to make him a pocket passer. And he just, he looked like crap. I mean, he yeah. looked like absolute crap. But when he's a little bit more mobile, they, though they didn't, they weren't smart enough to try to work in an RPO offense in the league back then. Mm. I think if they did, he might have had a really good career. But right. since, because it was something that the NFL really hasn't seen until this new style of, really athletic quarterbacks here coming out in the past five years that make this RPO style. Like you, you never saw an, an option run ever in the pros. It would get blown up every time. And now yeah. option runs are when like the, the running back and the quarterback both run to the right mm-hmm. and the quarterback re- either keeps it and runs or tosses it over to his, to his other running back. And you never saw that in the pros or anytime you saw it got yeah. slaughtered. But now it's like, it's an, it's a legitimate play. These, these end arounds, these, and these jet sweeps as well. They were college plays that the, Steelers are running with with fairly good success. I know they didn't do as well last game with Ray Ray mm-hmm. hitting that one um, jet sweep, but still something that's impactful. And here's something yeah. interesting too, Jordan, that I noticed 
the Ravens are only carrying one tight end on their roster, which is something the Ravens have never done. Mark Andrews is currently the only rostered tight end. Now, I, Interesting. I think they will probably do a practice, uh, practice squad call-up for game day for the Thanksgiving game and have another one. But this is just odd just to look hmm. at their depth chart and not see anyone behind Mark Andrews, who, in my personal opinion, is the only legitimate receiving threat, or at least their most impactful receiving threat. You know, Brown can make some plays too, but I think he's their biggest receiving threat, especially yeah. on third downs, money downs, touchdowns. I mean, they're, Lamar's looking at his safety blanket, and his safety blanket there is Mark Andrews. Yeah, he's got size. He's got some speed. He's got good hands. And I had no idea that they, he was the only tight end I on did, their roster. I didn't either until I looked it up today. This is incredible. That's wild. <laughs> Interesting. They they run a they run a curious operation down there in, in Baltimore with those <laughs> Ravens. I don't I scratch my head at a lot of decisions that they make. Well, well, they're three deep at all of their their main positions on offensive line, so that's probably why they're like, ah, oh, we don't need as many tight ends. We got blocking guys we can bring in for blocking eligible plays. So they they sure. probably do that with yeah. uh, you know Patrick McCarry bringing them on the field. So yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> but it's just interesting because we're used to seeing them with multiple rotating tight ends that they could bring in and out at different times, uh, mm-hmm. make big plays as the games progress. Yeah. Um. So but that's just the way it's working out this year. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever get to play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. There's no better way to pair a perfect record with the Steelers than enjoying a perfect Pepsi during the game. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi, made for football watching. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world for more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed's match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. How do you see this game shaping up? In terms of how I see it playing out, I'm probably going to be wrong. (laughs) 
But I, I feel like going into this, maybe it's just because they're wearing their color rush uniforms and they yeah. always play so well in those jerseys. I could see us easily putting up like some somewhere in the ballpark of 35 points. Yeah. And, and it's, too. I think that will, I don't know if that's necessarily fluctuating in my mind. It's just a matter of whether or not the defense can shut down their offense yeah. or whether or not it's a close game, you know? Yeah. And I was at, the game against the Ravens the first time they wore those color rust jerseys. I don't remember oh. if it was Monday night or Sunday night, but that was the game where Ben Roethlisberger had like five touchdowns in the first oh. half. And so good. Um, and and uh, what you call it? Uh, James Harrison went sick house in that game as well. He had like a forced fumble on a kick return. He had a sack fumble. I think he had got an interception in that game. He got multiple sacks. I mean, he was just a, tr- he was just a, an, an unharnessed locomotive. Yeah. Game. And it was just so Dang. awesome to watch as a Steeler fan. And, uh. I, you know, I can see, you know, Watt and Dupree both together coming in and making this really tough with all the front seven, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Tyson and Tewitt and, and Hayward right up there up front. It's just going to yeah. be – now it's getting to the point where we really don't have to worry about figuring out how to beat other teams. Other yeah. teams have to figure out how to beat us because that's yeah. how the Steelers are winning games now. It's mm-hmm. Steelers are very solid on defense, very solid on offense, very solid on special teams. And, and you'll, you see in these past three games too, like teams have to do crazy stuff on special teams just to try to make the game close. You got Cincinnati yeah. Bengals with a fake punt running through the big yardage. You got, you know, last game Jacksonville trying the onside kick yeah. after the field goal. You had the big um, throwback punt return. Uh, executed by the Cowboys, which was a smart play and really well yeah. executed. Uh, yeah, it but, was. But honestly, that's the only thing that kept that Cowboys game close. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these teams are going to have to do that more and more and try to take more and more chances, which means yeah. if they fail, they're going to be giving the ball over to the Steelers more mm-hmm. often. So <laughs> this is going to be a really interesting stretch here in the last six games. But you know, I'm excited to sit down on Thanksgiving have some turkey. I was trying mm. to get my wife to do Cornish game hens for uh, that was like like their family thing because I wanted okay. I wanted to call them roasted ravens and have them for oh. breakfast. And she's like, "Oh, you." That would have <laughs> been incredible. Yeah. I'll, I'll just have to order some chicken wings and call them ravens wings and we'll just leave it there at that. There you go. Then <laughs> nobody will know the difference. No. So now we're at the point of the show where we take questions from Steeler Nation. So you can look up some stuff there on Facebook if we had any questions. And I'll start off with the stuff at SteelerNation.com forum. You can log on, create a free account, and ask questions. And we answer them right here. So first one from Slash Steel. How is the running game doing, Jordan? Uh, we've touched on it a little bit. It's a little hit or miss. It... Yeah, it's starting to improve. It is improving, yeah. I think, honestly, the fact that James Conner has had multiple games for 100 yards. Yeah, three, is, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's nothing to complain about, especially when we're winning. If it's, if it's costing us games, then that's when it becomes an issue. Yeah. But right now, with the exception of the one or two fumbles from Benny Snell, like they're, they're holding on to the ball. Yeah. They're they're really good about protecting it and fighting for yards. But yeah, there's some 
there have been some games where they've just failed to establish that run game and it at this point hasn't made a difference on the on the win loss column but mm-hmm. yeah you know you would love to see them do better than they are even if just for individual personal stats i know that that's not something that the team necessarily cares about but i love james connor i want to see him do well i know this is a contract year for him so whether or not he stays in pittsburgh or goes on to sign somewhere else i i want him to do well so that teams see the value in him and i just don't necessarily i think before that those consecutive 40 rush yard games mm. he was he was putting together a, a quietly impressive season he was and yeah and the, yeah he kind of fell fell off a little bit again not to place all the blame on randy but i think a lot of that has to do with the play calling there and it was suspect in my opinion but yeah it, it could be a lot better but it also could be a lot worse truth Steeler fan in florida is ben getting locked into dj too much not spreading the football around as much as he could and i i say no yeah i mean, I mean dj got the lion's share of the targets last game but he's open i mean that was 12 receptions on 16 targets so that's your top receivers in the league are making those receptions it, this isn't like an a b situation like big third down conversions to uh, to James Washington, big ones to Eric Ebron, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, it, it's not like he's locked in on one guy. And like we said, it was four, 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 and four receptions for those guys, and, and yeah. Ray Ray included in with those guys. Ben is spreading that ball around, and he's just getting it to the person that's open. <clears throat> so whereas in the past, yeah. yeah, on third down, he was always queuing in on A.B. Mm-hmm. I don't see him doing that on third down with D.J., but on first and second down, D.J.'s slaughtering his guys too. So yeah, he's just one of those people that he hits. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So Cooley man asks, is this the best all around group of receivers the Steelers have ever had? Ever? Yes. For like, no, for like a group of receivers. So what would, what would be your number one all around group of receivers? Well, I think that the, I wasn't alive for this, so I didn't get to see it, but I don't think that, anyone comes close in terms of talent mm. for the Steelers to uh, Lynn, Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. Mm. I think that yeah. that group, yeah. yeah, I think that group of guys was just excellent. Now, is this the best group of receivers that Ben has ever had? Mm. I would argue, yes, this okay. is nice. And just based on the numbers that they're putting up and the, the ability that he does have to spread the ball around and put up as many points as they are. Mm. I, they're all reliable. They're yes, all they yeah. really good and really smart. They're very intelligent and mm. they know the yeah. game really well. And I think that honestly, maybe uh, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Emmanuel Sanders could come close mm-hmm. to that, but yeah. the, still, there there were way too many other factors at play there for me to say that they were the best because they were all kind of, with the exception of Sanders, a bit of a train wreck. And 
Yeah, I don't know. Now, for me, I don't think that they're the most talented group, but across the board is, is talking about depth at four and five, the fourth and fifth wide receivers. Yes. Like that to mm. me is the most talented and deepest, you know, the deep, I, the better way to say it, it's the deepest group of receivers that we've ever had because we have our fourth receiver who now ends up being Washington and our fifth receiver, yeah. Ray Ray. They're coming in and they're making plays because I remember like when Quincy Morgan was our fourth receiver, he might get a catch every three games or, right. you yeah, know, that's right. a lot of teams, you don't even know who the fourth receiver or remember who it was mm-hmm. like, geez. Oh gosh. Was Hamilton was the one that was the body catcher that I couldn't stand. Um, and, but you, it's it, every year is different, but this year there is no, this is the first time that I've ever seen a Steeler offense where their receivers have no weakness. They're all hands yeah. catchers. The Steelers have gotten away from the body catchers and just the strict fast guys. They say, number one, you got to be able to catch the ball, have good hand positioning. And that's mm-hmm. why like Claypool is reaping dividends. Whereas, you know, um, Martavis Bryant, who was a talented guy and off the charts, as far as for body metrics, he was not a good hands catcher. He, he yeah. had good hand mechanics dropped a lot of balls he shouldn't have mm-hmm. um you know th- there's issues where people are going to drop balls people are giving um you know Deontay Johnson a little bit of uh, a tough time because he puts the ball on the ground a couple times but he's got excellent hand positioning it's not his hand positioning that's causing him to lose ball sometimes mm-hmm. the defender's making plays on his arms when he's trying to make the catch but for the most part like he just has beautiful hand placement much like yeah. Antonio, Antonio Brown had absolutely mm-hmm. like the perfect hand placement ever seen on a football a uh, guy could yeah. catch anywhere in he he had a true catch radius that he could catch anywhere within his body whereas most people can't catch below their knees it's just yeah. a fact it's just really tough to get down there but he could always get down to his toes to his knees Unreal. High, yeah. I mean, it didn't didn't matter so yeah so that that's that's the way i see them but mm-hmm. here's the biggest question for you thanksgiving related from Cooley man mm. is it called dressing or stuffing in relation to a turkey like the the action of what you do with the turkey is that the question i i think it's the byproduct that you get from the turkey that you eat afterward so mm. for for me like i always thought dressing was for salad stuffing was from the bird but i got to thinking is stuffing the stuff that you put inside of the bird and the dressing the stuff that's maybe outside in the pan mm. that's soaking up juices because I could see that being called dressing, but in our house, if it's stovetop, it's stuffing. <laughs> yeah. Things that I've just never thought about before, because in my mind, stuffing is something that you make totally unrelated to the turkey. And yeah. dressing is what's related to the turkey itself. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm really going to have to contemplate this and figure <laughs> out... That, thank you, Steeler Nation. Now right. Jordan won't be able to get yeah. to sleep tonight. I She'll know. Be making, lying awake in bed about the... Yeah, I only have two days to figure it out, so <laughs> I really have to get on it. <sighs> so, Hoot has a questions for us. Two of them. Two-part question. Your favorite Thanksgiving football memories and your favorite non-football Thanksgiving tradition? Hmm. It's a good question. So I'll start. You think. Yes, go ahead. For me, my, some of my favorite memories of Thanksgiving football-wise were watching Barry Sanders. I mm. mean, you know, he's probably my all-time favorite running back that I've seen. I never got to see Jim Brown play. But Barry Sanders, 
the way he'd be corralled in the backfield where there'd be eight guys in the backfield and he'd reverse field and rip off an 80 yard touchdown. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy was essentially every running play was like a punt return with that running back. Yeah. He, he was playing flag football where everybody else was playing tackle football. They couldn't even get a hand. They couldn't even play touch football with this guy. It's a, he was just so amazing to watch. And I remember the one Thanksgiving he ripped off, three runs over 50 yard one was like 80 one was 70 some and one was 50 some and it was just like you're just watching a video game you're playing super tech mobile and just like doing the juke moves yeah another one of my favorite all-time memories was back when john madden you know before he introduced the turducken he'd always show the turkey and he'd always say look at that turkey hey god you got eight legs on that turkey that's some kind of octa turkey or some kind of spider turkey and he'd say it every freaking year like, 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 but which is great because that's what your old grandfather does yep. every Thanksgiving is make the same damn jokes in the same situation. So it was a nice grandpa effect to get that mm-hmm. from John Madden. But hearing about his octa turkey every year is like, <laughs> yeah, gosh. some kind of octa turkey. <laughs> what, a, but, what a goof. Yeah. And my tradition was always going up to Pennsylvania because I lived in Maryland. I went to college in Maryland. But driving up to uh, upstate Pennsylvania, Williamsport area for Thanksgiving every year to be with the strikers. That was always the best. I mean, it just because it was one of the few times of the year where I can get around family and see them. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. So, any memories you thought of? I think football related, ha- listening to John Madden and Al Michaels call yeah. games, eating the, the pre food food like the cut cheese and the, yes. the meats and <laughs> crackers and stuff. Yeah. Just, watching listening though their voices are i grew up iconic yeah iconic, iconic. and yeah they're very comforting and they are. Yeah. They, i think it's because they remind me of childhood and yeah. that was always great favorite non-football tradition would have to be the the two different turkeys so my dad fries a turkey in the basement oh and then deep we fries. bake yeah we bake oh. a turkey as well so yeah. we have both and <laughs> the fried is always better yeah if you could fry anything and it would just blow whatever else out of the water yeah. but having the being able to go down in the basement and see and smell the turkey and have that there and then go upstairs and have the turkey in the oven smelling up the the main floor it just mm. yeah it's it's a lot of fun (laughs) nice and Heinz 57 then has a converse question for us um Bettis coin toss the worst Thanksgiving stealer memory (laughs) do you remember the Bettis coin toss what year was that I'm pretty sure that was the 97 season I think Steelers were primed for the playoffs they lost the the coin toss in overtime against Detroit because Bettis said heads the referee heard uh, hails and it came up heads and they didn't okay. get the, they didn't get the ball so that was like a big controversy yeah. at the time and then Steelers ended up dropping all the rest of their games and didn't make the playoffs after that that moment Jeez. so it was kind of like a a falling apart moment for the Steelers but <laughs> really yeah. interesting but I would have been yeah, yeah I would have been four <laughs> then so it's very little I don't I don't remember it I remember seeing it yeah. on uh, on social media and i'm gonna say yes it doesn't because i wasn't really you know cognizant at that point in my life enough to carry sports yeah 
trauma. <laughs> I good. I don't quite remember it, but it, yeah, I that I just the the whole situation of mishearing a player and then having it cost them yeah. overtime. Yeah, that's just that's a mess. Well, one other bad Thanksgiving memory that I've got to bring up to Steeler fans just so I can, you know, open it up from your deep repressions and it's going to be mentioned <laughs> this week. Mike Tomlin being on the field during a turnover return, jumping out of the way, which is probably the most embarrassing moment, not only for Mike Tomlin, but for Steeler fans, because Mike Tomlin is just such a class act that that Mm -hmm. moment was kind of so far out of the norm for what he is. And it, you know, even if he was trying to do it intentionally, you know, I I can't say it was a smart play because it's just something, it's just something that should never have been happening. Yeah. He shouldn't have been on the field. He could have been suspended for it. Just not a, just not a, just not a good play and didn't look good for the organization for him as a coach at that time. But now, you know, I guess that was like six years ago, right? Five, six years ago, maybe more. I I, I can't remember how long ago that was now. It was, it feels like an eternity. But that was also a game against the Ravens (laughs) on, on uh, Thanksgiving night. So hopefully have that replay happening again. Yeah. Jeez. So uh, still right. Asks us, where does Ben's 2020 season stand compared with his others in your opinion? It's not his flashiest mm-hmm. and perhaps not his best, but I would say that it's his strongest Yeah. in terms of how much he has, not that our team is bad, but he's really set the tone for what this season is going to be. Yeah. And his touchdown to interception ratio is just yeah. unbelievable for a Fantastic. guy his age. And yeah. also the fact that he just returned from not only an elbow injury, but elbow surgery. Yes. So yeah. that it's just, for me, maybe this has been the most impressive season of his, like, yeah. even though he hasn't had been at the top of the the leaderboard for passing yards and touchdowns, but what he's been able to do this season is something I feel like only he could yeah. do because he just has that grit and willpower that makes him such a fierce competitor that anything is possible for him. Perfectly said, Jordan. Um, the only thing I do, I do to elaborate and say this is probably his smartest season. Mm-hmm. I really like seeing him pre-snap going through audibles, changing blocking assignments when he realizes and notes the blitz because he was always kind of good at like getting up to the line of scrimmage with 10 seconds left to go, going through some cadences, readjusting, and then snapping the football. Yeah. Now he's like more like a Manning, whereas he's adjusting the plays. He's talking to receivers now and and redoing protection on the fly as opposed to, you know, just some mild protection stuff. It seems like he's got a complete grasp of the game and putting everybody in the right positions to be successful for them to make plays. So that, that's mm-hmm. what I'm enjoying the most watching oh, him yeah. as the field general. And even in his, his moments where he's out there calling the plays, I mean, it's yeah. fun to watch as well. Amazing. So Paul G asks, who are the leading candidates for team MVP at this point in the season? So who's your te- team? Mine is Ben. Mine. Number yep, one. I, ben. Yep. No, there's no, there's no double. I will do a slight number two for defense. And I, mm-hmm. I want to mention, at least honorably mention um, to it, 
Stefan to yeah. and, and him being 100% healthy for a full season now is starting to show you how good of a player this guy mm-hmm. is because we we've, we've always seen the flashes and first month of the season he'd be on a tear and then he'd have an injury and that was yeah. and then he just something either nagging or a pectoral where he'd just be done for the year and it's just so frustrating for not only for him as a player but for us as Steeler fans that really want to get mm-hmm. behind this guy but to see what he's doing on de- on a full year of defense completely healthy and it's it's just taking this defense and the defensive front seven to a different level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. Yeah, Ben is my number one choice for all of the reasons that we both just mentioned. He's he is the heart of the team, front front and back. And yeah, you if if Ben weren't around, then I think that yeah, too, it would be right at the top because of how. Oh my gosh, how how amazing he is yeah. but yeah ben is on the team so ben yes, ben, ben has number be. one you're, you're mm-hmm. right and i think he should be we've been talking about this before too and it's been coming out he's never had an mvp vote in his entire career um obviously i mean we all full know and we heard you know up through 2010 he was a dick to the media they yeah hated him. media's got a long freaking memory mm-hmm. and they don't like you know players that aren't humble and players that don't show the media respect and they are they're you know kind of voting accordingly I think to this point but this year you really cannot you're getting to the point now where even ESPN just put out an article today it's like you can't you can't ignore the fact that Ben is not in the conversation for MVP anymore and even up to this point Ben wasn't even really a consideration for comeback player of the year I mean they they anoint Alex Smith so badly who, you know, he came back from a devastating injury. Mm-hmm. But I will argue that Ben's injury is equally as devastating for the career ending of a quarterback. He had to re- mm-hmm. reattach three of his five ligaments. It's yeah. never been done. It's It might be referred to as Ben Roethlisberger surgery moving forward because right. he looks stronger and he's amazing quarterbacking an undefeated team. Mm-hmm. He's efficient. He's getting the ball out faster than anybody in the league. And that's something – and even the intangibles, Jordan, just looking back into the last game, we had that moment where the play was broken up where Connor was running left. Mm-hmm. And Connor doubled back across the field, and Ben's in the middle of the field. And it looks like Ben kind of does these waddle things and falls down, like when you watched it in real time. But I slowed it down, and actually it's in my article today for my video breakdown for Hidden Plays of the Week. Ben actually shoulder hits the first guy – who into a guy behind him and then spins around and knocks the other trailing person yeah. off, off of being able to pursue. So he Ben ended up taking three defenders out of the play with that one play, which ended up being a decent run there by Connor mm-hmm. uh, from reversing the field. And, and it would not have been that successful if Ben didn't, if Ben did nothing, it would have been tackled. It would have been yep. maybe a two yard gain if they were lucky. But then later in the game, right after that, um, in the same, I think it was the same drive or the next drive where he threw the interception they're running it back out of the end zone and I slowed it down and Ben went full Superman on the sideline fully outstretched legs off the ground you know 38 year old Ben getting a piece of that returner's foot and knocking him down with shades of the tackle back in the 2005 playoff series off of the Jerome Bettis fumble against Mm -hmm. Indy which helped create a longer field goal chance that Vander Jack Vander shanked. And that was yep. a great, great moment. What a moment. History. Oh yeah. my goodness. But you know, Ben is just, 
when you look at the intangibles and you hear how the, the league just loves Tom Brady and just forgets his bad games, like I, I never understood that about Brady. Brady's had like three horrible games this year. Like yeah. really bad oh, games. It's awful, atrocious. And, and they're all bad because those are teams that can rush the passer. Mm-hmm. He is not good under pressure. His New Orleans or New England teams had much, much better offensive lines. His mm-hmm. pass protection was perfect. But down there in Tampa, he does not have that pass protection. And going up against the Rams, I mean, they, they, even though they didn't get the amount of sacks, they got pressure. He was yep. rattled. He wasn't comfortable. Threw just barely over 200 yards with two interceptions. I mean, Ben is nowhere near. And he, he gets these games where he's down by 10. He's getting pressured, and he's firing run-and-shoot offense with five receivers mm-hmm. the, with either a, a one set with one running back or one tight end and four receivers or all five receivers. And he's like, bang, 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 down the play, we win the game. I mean, this is yeah. just such an incredible, not even story, but this season is just one of the most enjoyable seasons, watching a quarterback find ways to win games. And right. that's what I like as a fan of the game. I like to see, you know, those gritty quarterbacks, even back when Tim Tebow and his successful season where he beat us in the playoffs, he was a joy to watch. I mean, they weren't right. good on offense, but he'd find a way to win every game. Mm-hmm. It seemed down the stretch and against, against us, he found a way to win that game as well. Um, so, you know, it's the same thing too with uh, uh, Tua as well. I like watching him as well. Mm-hmm. I know he had a, a bad game last week when they pulled him, but he's been doing just enough plays to win. And I like the, the, the cut of his jib and at least enjoy watching him. And I enjoy watching Kyler Murray, even before yeah. he A.O. Murray play, I was always mm-hmm. high on him saying he should be an MVP consideration as well. Very yeah. athletic guy, smart, and even at 5'10", showing you don't have to be six foot or taller to be a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's stellar. I love watching him. And the last question we have from Paul G, who provides the most meaningful test for our remaining opponents on the schedule? And if you know the remaining schedule, I know we, we see Baltimore, obviously, mm-hmm. this week. Colts coming up, Buffalo coming up, Cleveland at the end of the season. I, think I Washington, say Buffalo. Washington, Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo's a, that's definitely going to be a tough one with Josh yeah. Allen up there in Josh the Allen, Stephon Diggs. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Even Devin Singletary. Like they have Ooh, all yeah. the pieces of yeah. a really good team. Yeah. And Josh Allen can throw and he can run. Yes. And he, yeah. And we lost to them the same week. Same scenario last season, that Sunday one was night football in game. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And this one's going to be so, in Buffalo. It's t- much yeah, tougher place to play in, yeah, in yeah. December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, how much, that's what I think. Yeah. And especially if it's a snow game, too, that's going to make for yeah. a memorable, memorable day for Steeler fans. Uh, I'd sure say that one, yes. I mean, obviously, I'm still worried about the Cleveland game in the last game of the mm. season. If, if you're talking about a test, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a test. But that last game in Cleveland might be the game, even if we're undefeated, going into that game, we may lose that game because Tomlin may rest the starters. Yeah, so, which is very, very possible at this point if yeah. they keep if on this trajectory. Yeah, so if your seating is locked up and there's no benefit to playing a game, he will not risk injury. He's shown yeah. that in preseason, and yep. that he's shown that at the end of season, so – you know, for me, Cleveland is a big one, but obviously yeah. got to give the Colts some respect too. They've shown they can yeah. play some tough games. Um, yeah. And they've got to get the Packers this past week. Yes, good call. Good call. After all those insane holding penalties. Oh my gosh, on that final drive <laughs> of regulation. Good Lord, that was a mess. But yeah, oh, I think that yes. they'll be tough. Their defense is excellent. Nice. So. And if, 
Did you yeah. see any other questions on Facebook? There was one that I really liked. Great. That I let's, thought, let's answer it. Yeah. So Ryan Stansbury asked, why haven't we used the Wildcat this year? <clears throat> hey, Ryan. Um, basically, because Jalen Samuels is the Wildcat quarterback, and he really hasn't been fully healthy all season. Plus, we're in a situation where I think that the Wildcat is kind of used with offenses where you're not as 100% on your quarterback play. You don't want to take the ball out of the hands of your playmaking quarterback too often. I can see it situationally. But last year with Rudolph and Duck, it made sense to have Jalen Samuels come in and run some Wildcat. This year, they really don't need it. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. I think it would be a fun wrinkle down the stretch. Maybe you can work it in, and maybe you have to utilize it sometime uh, just to kind of give teams a different look and something yeah. else to prepare for. But for the most part, I don't think this 2020 team needs the Wildcat to be successful to win football games. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Any other questions on Facebook? It's only letting me pull up a few. I don't know why. I'm trying to pull up the Usually comments, Anthony but... talks to us on it. So thanks for the question, Ryan. We usually yeah. hear from Anthony. I don't know if uh, Anthony's come through yet. I'll have to see if I can go down through and check it as well. I'm checking now, yeah. too. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't see anything as well. I, I don't know how to check this out, too. <laughs> that's why, that's why we usually... <laughs> we usually have oh there's the comment switch great oh we got switzerland uh matthias fisher's from switzerland watching the uh the podcast so welcome from switzerland we actually are an international podcast we've got some watchers from canada mexico netherlands australia new zealand and now switzerland so yeah hey. nice <laughs> germany not so, too bad yeah yeah nice international podcast we have mm -hmm. here cheers Cheers from a Cheers. Steeler fan worldwide. And that's when Matthias also asked us, guys, do you remember a season that we had such a strong defense? And for me, like, it's been a while. It's been since Shazier mm -hmm. went down in the injury in 2017. Yeah. I, I thought that was a special defense, but they weren't as good in the secondary as they were now. Mm -hmm. You'd have to go back down to the 2008, 2010 Steelers. So it's been a solid, you know, 10 years since we've had an elite defense. Yeah, I would agree across the board too. having the front seven be as strong as they are from, and that like that, it makes me kind of think of the years that we had Aaron Smith and Casey Hampton and James Ferrier and Joey Porter and, all, like all those guys up front and then the secondary of um, Troy and Ryan Clark and like guys that were just all over the field. Like it, it's been a long time since we've had across the board, a defense this good. Yeah. And um, we got a question here from Jack Steeler, Jacks Curtis, uh, he asks, what do you think Tomlin would do if Ben refuses to shake hands after a loss? Oh. I don't think, personally, I don't think that's in Ben's makeup right now. I was just going to say, I can't even <clears throat> picture him doing that. I mean, I mean, I know that's like a Tom Brady thing. He gets all pissy when he loses, so screw mm -hmm. him. But, yeah, you know, that, that that's guy. the same way with Belichick. I mean, these guys, they expect to win. When they don't win, they get all pissy about it, and they, they, they're classless when it comes mm -hmm. down to it with poor sportsmanship. And that is something that should never be 
you know, admired in the NFL. Um, when yeah. it seems like, cause I saw the way that Mike Tomlin was over there, you know, giving chest bumps and hugs to the other team's coaching staff. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, this is a, a coach that's widely admired and respected across the league. And yeah. that's something that Steeler fans are really starting to understand. I mean, with this undefeated season, I mean, he, he was always getting a hard time for being a, a poor game manager, which I didn't think yeah. was an accurate assessment, uh, poor clock manager, which again, I didn't think was an accurate assessment. Um, but right now, I mean, he's just shown nothing but class and his class is keeping this, this team together during COVID, but it's also a reason why, you know, I, I would never see, I, I don't think Ben now, yeah, maybe Ben early in his career might've done it, but unless he's hurt, he's going to shake somebody's hand at the end of the game. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. And last question. I know I saw one here from, uh, from Anthony, my boy, Anthony, we have to get to an Anthony Laird question. Does the defense look like? it is one that we need for, to get a good drive for number seven. All I would say is, you know, run defense would get slightly better. So, yes, to me personally, mm-hmm. this defense is the number one scoring defense in the league. You win games by winning the, the, play, the, the, the point margin, and what better way to do that than to score a lot of points and to keep the opponents at a low margin. So, Anthony, yep. this is one of the most excited I've been for a season for the Steelers to have a legitimate chance to winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The defense was the only reason we got anywhere close to the playoffs last season. Yeah. It was because of them, not because of anything we were doing on offense. So the fact that we now have an offense that is producing this defense is everything that you could hope for and then some in a team that is poised to make a deep run at the Super Bowl. So, I, yeah, I think absolutely, yes. Very well said, Jordan. Steeler Nation, follow Jordan DeFigio on – she's an excellent writer. Please read her articles at SteelerNation.com, but follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Fidge Newton. That's at F-I-D-G-E-N-E-W-T-O-N. So thank you very much for joining the show. You did an excellent yes. job. So Thank you for having me. No problem. Always I fun. Got- I got to tell Hunter, hey, you know, you, your, your job's in jeopardy now, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> what I just you get, get for working, it. bud? Yeah. <laughs> but but we, we were planning on having you anyway with Hunter. Hunter was supposed mm-hmm. to be on the, the show co-hosting. You were going to help us out with the breakdowns, but unfortunately Hunter had a, yeah. uh, a, some jobs and some clients he had to meet with today, and we understand that completely. Mm-hmm. Work has got to come first. He's got to, you know, pay the bills for the family. Yep. So. So good luck to you, Hunter. I hope everything worked out. We'll see you next week. Jordan, we'll be seeing you soon too because we want to work you in more regularly into the podcast as well. Awesome. Sounds good to me. Thank you so much. No problem. Check you later. Awesome. Steeler Nation, see us again 2 o'clock next week right here on Twitter, right here on Facebook Live for the live recording of the vidcast of the podcast. Visit our title sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises on Twitter at Total Sports ENT to be part of their signed merch giveaways done every week. This week is the signed 16 by 20 picture of James Harrison chasing down Baltimore Raven Joe Flacco. So jump on there to their Twitter site, retweet it, have a chance to win that. You'll find out tomorrow night whether or not you are in possession of a new signed James Harrison picture. Also check out their store at www.tseshop.com. And you too can get a great, unique gift on the SteelerNation.com gear page, like this awesome sweatshirt I've got. If you want to rep the podcast like I rep the podcast, these are great sweatshirts. 
nice deep hoods, keep you nice and warm as the temperature starts to drop here on our virtual tailgating. If you're trying to do it safely and still watch the shows and the games outside on the porch or in the backyard with this beautiful fall to early winter weather, there's no, these are nice, thick, double-walled sweatshirts. So I highly recommend jumping on and grabbing one for your virtual tailgate over there at SteelerNation.com on the gear page. SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the internet. Click on our podcast button, listen to one of our many interviews, or click the forum button for the best Steeler discussion on the internet. Subscribe to SteelerNation.com YouTube channel to be the first to know about our vidcasts and video uploads, and that's www.youtube.com slash C slash SteelerNation. Tweet us at SteelerNation, Instagram us at SteelerNation.com, follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast and Instagram at Steeler Nation podcast and follow your host Steeler Nation striker on Twitter and Instagram at SN striker striker spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by total sports enterprises. I'm your host G striker with Jordan DeFigio rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers! The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.